Hello and welcome to the Niners Nation podcast and it's the off season so it means a lot of film watching and a lot of Cobra Kai on TV <laughs> because there's no more Niners football for the rest of the year at least until we get back in August. Niner Nate, we're here with you, and with me as always is Leo Luna of 49GM. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm uh, excited to get this 49 gold mine, 49ers gold mine site up and launched. Uh, so transitioning over from SI, and I'm glad you brought up Cobra Kai. I've been so stuck on that show, and I just I can't get enough of it. I wish there was already season four, five, six that I can binge watch already, but I'll settle for season three. After the Niners lost last night, that's all I did all night was uh, watch the third season of Cobra Kai to the point where I stayed up super late just to make sure I finished it. And it's well worth it. So if you ever watch Cobra Kai, you need to do that because it'll make you feel better about uh, what we just watched from the 49ers this year. And uh, it was a rough one. Uh, Sunday turned out to be an okay day, though, for the 49ers. Uh, Basically, they had a lot that needed to happen. And a lot actually did happen. They lost to the Seahawks, which they almost looked like they almost looked for a while like they weren't going to lose to the Seahawks uh, because for some reason Seattle's offense is just the worst offense in the league I've ever seen. I could not get what was going on. Finally, they woke up when C.J. Beathard decided I don't know how to play football anymore, and they won that game. A bunch of other stuff dropped uh, away for the 49ers, and then of course the Denver Broncos had to screw it all up and uh, keep the 49ers from the 11th pick. So the 49ers ended up with the 12th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, and I think we can work with this. I don't know about you, Leo. I think we can totally work with this. I think that there's totally a quarterback situation they can make work. There's a trade down there. Uh, I think there's a couple teams. I think we've pretty much, you know, it's funny. It was December, and we already knew exactly what the number one pick is, and I don't think that's going to change between now and April, but Jacksonville, number one pick, they will take Trevor Lawrence. And then number two is going to be the New York Jets. And I don't know if this is a crazy thing to say, but I think that whoever they hire as the head coach has a very big decision to make. I think so too. Uh, I believe they have a clean house there. So they got to figure some things out. You're thinking if they rebuild, they might want to move on from Darnold and get someone under a Yuki contract for four years get some more draft capital by trading Darnold. I would figure he could get back a couple seconds just because he's young. I'm not sure about a first because of what the Jets have done for, to his career. But I could see a quarterback there, or I could see a trade down. It just depends on what the new regime is going to want. Exactly. I feel like the biggest thing with the Jets is is you know seeing who they hire at head coach and what he wants to do. Um but I feel the best option for the Jets, because that roster is absolutely terrible, um, is to trade down with you know a team that needs a quarterback, potentially the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then we have Miami is going to be picking third because of Houston. And uh, we had Vishon last week, and we, he discussed a quarterback. I still just can't get behind that idea that they're going to take a quarterback that high after just taking one the, fall, the year before that. What do you think? I think it would be smart to get a left tackle right there. And with Panay Suwell, he should be on the board at three. That's where I see Miami going for now. Uh, I know there was that talk about potentially drafting a young guy uh, after Tua to let them compete it out. And, hey, you have two options for a franchise quarterback. 
I don't like that very well because I think Tua does have a lot of upside. And if you could get a Punai Suel there at three, I think they're ecstatic. Yeah, I, I think that I think that protecting Tua is going to be really important. Um, and I think that you're going to have to take him at three because Cincinnati will take him at five. But at four is Atlanta. And I think we discussed this a little bit before the show, but I think Atlanta goes quarterback, but I don't think they go quarterback this high. I, yeah, I can agree with that. It's They have a lot of holes to fill there in Atlanta. Matt Ryan is older, so they can certainly have a quarterback there that can sit a year or two years. I think Trey Lance would probably be the best fit there because he's a guy who can sit a year or two years compared to Fields or Zach Wilson. Those guys could start year one. So I could see them trading back, get a couple draft picks, and taking Trey Lance maybe not at that fourth overall, and they're going to feel like they won the draft and be pretty excited about it. I think they could take Mac Jones as well. I think Mac Jones kind of sits that that offense that they run with Julio um, and Calvin Ridley, but I think it's going to be, that's another team where it's going to completely come down to who takes that coaching job. And I think that's the the, the big thing that we're going to talk about a lot this off season is while the draft is a complete crapshoot, these teams that are picking in front of the 49ers there's so much change happening within their front offices their head coaches the gm jobs we don't really know what they're going to do we just kind of hope that san francisco finds the ability they have a lot of picks and they use those picks to go get you know justin fields or zach wilson i think zach wilson is a little more attainable because i think justin fields is going to ball out again here in this national championship game coming up here in a week and i think that that'll take him out of their range unless they really want to trade to two, which is very, uh, very much a possibility. Um, they will, they, they'll go get their guy. If they have to. Yeah. Alabama, they struggled quite a bit in the past against quarterbacks that have running ability. You've seen it, what Deshaun Watson has done to them in the past. So I could see Justin Fields having a very impressive game and considering the game he just had against Clemson and then, be at least competitive against Alabama, even if he comes up short, that's going to lock him in as the number two quarterback off the board in this draft because as evaluators go, they just love seeing players on a big-time stage because the NFL is a big-time stage every single week. So if you already saw that from a Justin Fields compared to a Zach Wilson not playing in any high-level stakes game to the point that Fields has, especially with Fields' size, his body. It can take impact hits a lot more than Wilson. He doesn't have that shoulder surgery like Wilson, although I do believe Wilson is fully recovered from that because I've seen him lower his shoulder a couple times this season. Fields would be the lock-in, shoe-in, second quarterback off the board. Yeah, and I think if San Francisco can get can find a way to get either of those quarterbacks, they are going to destroy this league for years to come. I think you get Kyle, one of those guys, and I think that there is a connection with um, Fields and Kyle Shanahan that a lot of people aren't really talking about with this quarterback collective that him and Sean McVay used to run. And there is a potential chance that you know that's Shanahan's guy, and he goes and gets him. And I think we just have to kind of sit and wait, and 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 you know we'll talk a lot about it in the off season. But I think right now. The, currently, the 49ers are picking 12th. Uh, I hope they trade down. I think that's the best bet for the 49ers to be competitive next year and be able to make another run potentially to the Super Bowl or just in the playoffs in general. They need to get one of these top quarterbacks. 
Yeah, they definitely do need one of these top young guys because one, you have them on a rookie contract. Two, John Lynch said today that they're looking to maneuver the cap like if it's going to be 175 next season. So that means if Jimmy Garoppolo's on the roster, um, they're only looking at about $24 million that they can use, and you would figure 20 of that's going to go to Trent Williams. So if you could have a quarterback on a rookie contract for the next four years, because you would figure they're going to pay him before that fifth-year option. It seems like nobody, no quarterbacks don't get re-up before that fifth-year option unless you're Dak Prescott, who didn't have a fifth-year option and got tagged a bunch of times instead. But I think it would be very important for the 49ers team to have a cheap contract at the quarterback position because you do have Fred Warner, you do have Trent Williams, you do have George Kittle, you do have Eric Armstead, whose contract's going to inflate. You do have Dre Greenlaw, who they're probably going to have to extend next season. Bosa's going to have to get paid pretty soon. So I think it would be smart to take a quarterback while you're sitting there because if Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy next season, if Bosa's able to play 75% of the season, uh, just in case if he's not there week one, well, you're probably going to the playoffs once again, meaning you're not going to be at pick 12. This is their one chance to land a solid quarterback this early in the draft without having to give up a crazy amount of assets. Exactly. And not to mention the the cap savings if they cut before June 1st for Jimmy Garoppolo is 24.1 million. The ones for, the, the one for D Ford is 6.43 million and the one for Richburg is 4.9 million. So all that money they would save would put them at over 600 million in cap space, which would be huge. Or 60 million, I'm sorry. I said 600 million. 60 million which would be huge for signing these guys and getting a team that can go back to the Super Bowl. Um and hopefully the rookie quarterback they get, Shanahan gets him and does his thing, which I think he will. I think Shanahan has never really gotten his guy before. And if this is the time he finally gets his guy, I think that we're really going to see a really successful football team through, that has the ability to throw the ball downfield, which the 49ers haven't had in the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers era. Yeah, and I feel like I have to state this every time. I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo hater. I love the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo being a franchise quarterback, but we're four years in. It hasn't happened yet. Last season, I, I don't compare quarterback records to the quarterback, essentially, because we could all say Matthew Stafford is a lot better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yet Matthew Stafford's winning percentage is nowhere near Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Shanahan is just a hell of a coach to where he had the run game working last season. Sala did a great job. Fred Warner did a great job. Nick Bosa did a great job with that defense last season. So that allowed to elevate the quarterback into the Super Bowl. Uh, he didn't pass much against Minnesota. And he nearly threw about three interceptions in that game. And then he threw eight total passes against Green Bay. So that's where my thought process is, where a young quarterback can maneuver this offense put up points in this offense because they have a hell of a head coach calling plays and this roster is still built as stout as it will be in 2021 as it was in 2019 let's talk about the 2020 season you know we're going to talk draft all season we're going to talk about the 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 stuff this team's going to do let's just kind of close out this 2020 season um i mean let's talk about like what was the stuff that really like gassed up this hype train you know during the season things that we really enjoyed during the season that were you know that were fun 
compare and, and then we'll talk a little bit about the stuff that you know wasn't so fun um i mean my first big gas up hype train moment is anything that brandon Ayuk did like it was so cool like because i love debo but debo has been used like a gadget player since he showed up Ayuk wasn't really used like that Ayuk felt like a real number one wide receiver. And I know that like we, we had the conversation last week that, you know, Debo's probably a better player at this point in his career, but Ayuk was just so fun. I had so much fun watching him and like, I'm so excited that he's ours. And the next quarterback, whoever takes over this team is going to get to use him um, to an even better degree than, than Jimmy or Nick or CJ used him. Yeah. Um, I would also, since you hyped up, Brandon Ayuk quite a bit. I'll hype up Debo Samuel. I think we just saw a little bit of him this season, but that little bit showed this this guy means a lot to the offense. Extension of the run game. Mm-hmm. If you leave him out there on just sweep, then your defense becomes a liability. He's a receiver. Basically, he's a slant god. They call Mike Thomas that. But Debo Samuel is a slant god in this way. He'll box out a cornerback like a power forward in the NBA to where if a quarterback just hits Debo Samuel in the numbers, I trust him to catch it 10 out of 10 because he is so physical at the point of attack to the football and he knows how to use his body in his leverage. So that's just something exciting to see Debo Samuel. He he looked very motivated in his offseason workouts this year. He was working out with Trent Williams actually and him speaking at his presser, John, Kyle Shanahan speaking about Debo Samuel as well. The time that he missed on the field just ate him up. He was basically this COVID season. They had nothing going on but football. And that's the one thing he couldn't do was play football. So that's something, someone I'm excited to see him bounce back next season. And he played very, very well when he was in there this year. Absolutely. Uh, what we saw from Debo, I feel like we didn't get to see enough. He's so good, and it's, I wanted to see more. And that's what the, kind of sucks is that, you know, they use him as a gadget player to the point where he gets hurt more so often. I feel like that's part of the problem. Like, once they get a quarterback where they don't have to use him such uh, so gadgety and, you know, he can be a wide receiver, I think that we're going to see his real potential, and I think he'll get injured a lot less as well. Um, my other hype is freaking Fred Warner. Like... He's so good, and he's so much better than any linebacker in this league except for maybe Darius Leonard. It's crazy. The stuff he does and how good he's been, that guy, they're going to pay him this offseason 100%. No doubt in my mind, they'll pay him. And that guy has some Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman-type vibes going on with him. And I think him and Greenlaw, Greenlaw really showed out towards once they finally traded away uh, Kwan Alexander and I think him and Greenlaw are a terrific linebacking core and I think whoever is the next defensive coordinator is inheriting arguably the best defense to inherit as a coach I think like this defense is so stacked with Nick Bosa back right and I'm just gonna piggyback off of your position group once again and I'm going to say Drake Greenlaw here he's someone I thought was exciting because you look at a lot of his tackles it was towards the sideline in open field against guys like Alvin Kamara. Yet his missed tackle percentage was 4.4. That's insane when you consider last year, Quan Alexander was in the teens. In the teens. And Drake Greenlaw's at 4.4. 
Kyle Shanahan himself said that he's the fastest linebacker on this team. And it shows because he gets out to the flat like no other. And I just love seeing him play. He's a sideline to sideline linebacker. And like you said, it's it's like watching Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman uh, in their first years together. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it feels like that. And it feels like no matter who takes over this defensive coordinator job, they're going to be fine on defense. I'm not worried about that. My final guy who just gassed me up during this season was Jason Verrett. My goodness. Can I can you believe Jason Verrett played a whole season, no injuries, and he was one of the best corners in the entire NFL? Like it's crazy how good he was. And the thing is is like we get before the season started we were like, "Oh man, Richard Sherman's going to leave after this season. That sucks." And now it's like, "No, we get to have Jason Verrett as our number one corner next season because they're going to pay him hopefully." And he's awesome. He the, the stats he put up this season, he was it was almost impossible to throw on the guy. It was really fun to watch, and I really hope that he can keep up this this streak he's had with no injuries. You know, this season. I hope that you know the one thing I worry about is is you sign a guy long term who has injury problems. The following season he gets injured, but I think that they're going to bolster the the corners underneath him where they don't have to worry about playing a Brian Allen during the season. Um, I think that, but I think Brett has proven he's cornerback one on this team. Yeah, I, I would agree though. With that, I would love to see Jason Bratt back on this roster. I have to see him back on this roster. Uh, someone I'm going to say that got me excited watching him play is Jimmy Ward. And he's not someone that gets much love for what he does. He plays that Tyron Matthew-like role, and he does it fantastic. He had a 2.7 missed tackle percentage for a safety that went to the box, essentially, once Tart was out for the season. And you saw him shine in that. He gave up a 66.7 completion percentage, um, which is okay for his safety position. He can he's can lock down tight ends. He can man cover on wide receivers. He can lock down running backs. Anyone you ask him to cover, he will do it, and he'll do it at a high level. So that's why I'm going to say Jimmy Ward is just seeing that multi-use safety, even if you want to put him as the single high safety, yeah, he may not be the best at a single high safety because you think Earl Thomas, which Earl Thomas was one of the best to ever do it as a single high safety. So it's kind of hard to compare anybody to what Earl Thomas did. But Jimmy Ward, just what he can bring to this defense, the way you could just flip him in, flip him out in any scenario, that's what I get excited about is seeing a multi-use safety, not just a Jamal Adams hey go sack the quarterback type of safety this defense will be fine next year no matter what happens with Salah um, which we'll talk a little bit about but real quick I think there's only one moment that really halted the hype train for me this year and I think that it was just injuries in general whether it was Nick Bosa Jimmy Garoppolo uh, Debo Samuel you know IU got hurt a little bit like I think it was just the injuries in general just really halted what could have been this season. And I still think 100% this team's healthy, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, who we have talked about a million times, how I don't think he's, you know, you know, this season was his put up or shut up season. He didn't put up. So and I don't think he's the guy. I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, this team is probably still playing next week, no matter what. Um, if this team isn't hampered by the injuries in the way they were, then I think that this is still a playoff team. This is still a team that potentially... Could get to the NFC Championship, but I think that 
there's some big changes that need to happen. And I, I think I'm hoping that in the end, the injuries will seem like a blessing because it allowed this for the 49ers to fix this roster and, and retool it to make another Super Bowl run with a much better quarterback to the point where we're not relying on one of the greatest 49er defenses in the history of the team. Right. I'm, I'm going to go with, so injuries. Yeah, that's definitely, I agree with that 100%, but I'm going to go with someone individually, which is, it's kind of harsh, but it's absolutely true. He stopped the train himself, which is Nick Mullins. When his rookie season, he came in, he was three and five. Okay. That's not even a 500 record, but this is two years after you would figure the guy gotten better being under the same system with Kyle Shanahan being in, in the same quarterback room with CJ Beathard and Jimmy Garoppolo, who've all been there together. You would figure that he got in breath better and he stepped up when his number was called this year but instead worse winning percentage which i said that doesn't completely go all on the quarterback but yeah. a couple of those games he singly handedly lost the game for the 49ers the eagles game that's an absolutely throw out there cowboys game that one was ugly as well so and then he had a lower touchdown percentage he had a higher interception percentage. He had a worse quarterback rating and a worse QBR. So that's someone I look at and say, hey, man, maybe if you were just 2018 Nick Mullins, this team could have had a shot at 8-8 eight and eight and see what happens. But he just gotten worse. And for Shanahan calling him the smartest quarterback in the room, it's just head-scratching to believe this guy is the smartest quarterback in the room, yet he got worse from two years ago. Yeah, I think that's that's a perfectly fine. And if we're going if we're going to blame one player, I think he was the worst player on the team this year by far. I think that's not really close. And I think that like most of these guys, I think that, you know, they did their job the best they could. And they really tried, you know, to work with what we had. And Nick Mullins was just so awful for most of the season that you know, he really killed this 2020 season, even though it was probably already dead as soon as Nick Bosa got hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think he's on his way out. I don't think he plays a 49er uniform ever again. But um, yeah, another guy I hope is not on his way out, though, is, is Robert Sala. I uh, I think he is on his way out, but I, I mean, I hope he's not. I feel like um, he was the embodiment of, of this defense this year. Um, it's going to, the day that he signs with another team, I think is going to be a hard day for a lot of Niner fans because I think he came full circle where a lot of people hated him because the talent wasn't there. And then the talent got there and he was so good that we were blown away. And then this year the talent wasn't there and he was still so good. And so, I mean, if I had to name any MVP on the team player, I think it's Robert Sala. I think that Robert Sala is the most important was the most important part of the 2020 49ers, whether or not they made the playoffs. And I think when he leaves, whether it's to Atlanta, Detroit, Jacksonville, wherever he goes, it's going to be a real sad thing. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And he's going to go. I, I think it's going to come down to between probably Detroit and Jacksonville. Detroit, because that's his hometown. His parents still live in the area. Uh, it, it will be one of those dream comes trues. He grew up a Lions fan. Uh, it just depends if he sees eye, eye to eye, because at the end of the day, yeah, he could have grew up a Lions fan, but if it's not the best for his brand, 
and basically his business, why would you go there? Because defensive guys don't necessarily get second chances like offensive guys. Point an example, Adam Gase. He got a second chance with the New York Jets the very, very next season after he got fired from the Dolphins. Uh, defensive guys don't really get that. They kind of have to be defensive coordinators for years and years and years before they get a second shot. Like Vic Fangio, for instance, if the Denver Broncos let him go, he would go right back to being a DC, even though he's a hell of a coach, just had bad personnel in Denver. And so you look at Jacksonville, I don't think they're expecting to make the playoffs next year. So he has somewhat of a window. And he'll also get Trevor Lawrence in at quarterback with salary cap to work with. So he can add pieces on defense. He has Josh Allen as a defensive end. So I think he could rebuild that culture into a winning culture rather than a Jalen Ramsey saying, get me the hell out of here. Or uh, (laughs) Nagatwe saying, get me the hell out of here. I think he could rebrand that Jacksonville culture. And it makes it easy if you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence available at the first overall pick. And I think the best job available by far is still the San Diego. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles chargers (laughs) because Justin Herbert is already what a top eight quarterback in this league, maybe top five. I, I, what he's done this year, he broke almost every record a rookie quarterback can break and he missed a game. He didn't play every game. And if you're inheriting a team that already has a franchise quarterback, the sky's the limit what you do with the draft. The sky's the limit what you can do outside of that because he's also on a rookie contract. The only problem with the chart with the Chargers is you have to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. And that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I look at the AFC South, which Jacksonville's in. Okay, you have Tennessee, which is they're good, but they're not, you know, Patrick Mahomes level Chiefs good. They're not great. Uh, you have the Texans, who's just bad. <laughs> they're bad. They have a great quarterback. And they have a great quarterback, but they're bad. And then you look at the Colts, which we don't even know who's going to be their 2021 quarterback. They have a hell of a defense, but you're going to have Trevor Lawrence on offense. They don't have an ace at quarterback, essentially. And like the Chargers, that's probably the best spot. But if I was a candidate, I would figure Jacksonville would be more ideal than the Chargers right now. Hot take for the Colts, by the way. I think their quarterback is Jacob Eason next year. We'll see what happens with Carson um, Wentz. But I saw when I lived in Seattle and I saw him when he played at Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, he His arm is there. He was just a little raw. And I think the sitting behind Phillip Rivers is going to be enough for him to be ready to start next year. With that defense and that talent at running back and, you know, what they, they're figuring out that team, they're going to get a wide receiver in the draft probably. That team with Jacob Eason could be pretty good still. The other 49ers executive now, not coach, but executive that I'm really afraid to see go is, is Adam Peters. Um, you know, a lot of people on Niners Twitter have been begging the 49ers to move Adam Peters to GM and move – uh, John Lynch to the president of football operations, which the Denver Broncos just did with John Elway. They moved John Elway to the president of football operations. And now they have an open GM spot. And that's actually where Adam Peters came from. 
So I don't know about you, but I'm really worried Adam Peters is going to leave and take that GM job in Denver. I hope he doesn't, and the 49ers are smart enough to say, hey, no, you can't leave. We're going to give you our GM job and keep him around because I'm pretty sure, this might be wrong, but uh, Adam Peters was the one who was going around scouting Zach Wilson this season. Well, yeah, he's the one who's been calling the most of the shots when it comes to um, scouting players for the NFL draft. He's he's kind of been that stone there. He's been Shanahan's rock. He's he's the guy Shanahan trusts a lot. And with Peters, Akash of the Shanahan, which is another episode of the Niners Nations podcast, um, he said Adam Peters got his extension before John Lynch did this off, this past offseason, and that's 100% accurate. Adam Peters did get his extension. But the thing is, does Adam Peters want to stay in a secondary role? Because even if he does go in a primary role and they give John Lynch some type of promotion, whatever it is, they could kind of create the title of it on the fly. They give him some type of promotion and give Adam Peters the GM job. Well, how much of a GM will he be? Because at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan's going to be calling all the shots. He's the one who's going to give the final answer, yes or no, on a lot of these players. Even when it comes back to renegotiating contracts that are expired, that a lot of it's going to come from Shanahan's decision. So does Peters want to do that? for his career or does he kind of want to build his own empire where it started in Denver where they do have some some foundational pieces I'm not sold that Drew Locke is the guy yet but they do have a top 10 pick that if they want one they could go get one um so it's just basically what Adam Peters wants does he want to stay under John Lynch for a couple more years and then find that promotion for Lynch or does he just want to build his own empire that that's an that's going to be the question that it comes down to does how much power does adam peters want we always know this is shanahan's team it's always going to be shanahan's team and i feel like adam peters has liked that to this point but i mean maybe vic fangio is going to give him a little more power um because it's not that kind of situation up in denver and um i mean Drew Locke is not a bad quarterback to inherit. I think he's been raw and I think he needs more grooming, but I don't think that they're, I don't think you give up on Drew Locke quite yet. I think there's still some talent there that he's had some decent throws some decent games and inheriting a quarterback already could potentially set you up where you can build a roster around him. I mean, Judy Cortland Sutton's still there. There's still a lot of talent and they still have Von freaking Miller. So, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the offseason with Adam Peters. I'd love for him not to leave. But let's get into some of these farewell press conferences real quick. First clip we're going to play for you is Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is what he said when he was asked if he wanted to be the 49ers quarterback next year. I'm here to play quarterback. I'm here to be the quarterback of this team. And every day I'd, I'd go out there and try to prove that to my teammates and my coaches. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's what really matters. So. The people in this building, I love them. It's a great group to be around. John and Kyle, I think they've talked to the media and, and said what they've said, uh, and I love those guys for it. So it's, um, yeah, this, this is where I want to be, and I love it here. So you heard that, and I think the first thing 
that comes to mind is he kind of sidesteps the question, Leo. I, I feel like there's no real answer there. It's just like, I love being with the 49ers. I love the organization. There's no answer in that to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, I would say that's what they would call in the NBA a Euro step. Um, it, it's just basically like, hey, I love the guys here. I'm still currently the 49ers quarterback. So until I'm told I'm not the 49ers quarterback, I'm going to continue to be the 49ers quarterback. And there's a great group of people here. That's about it. Wasn't. I'm going to be here. I am the guy. This is my team. This, you know, like yes, they confirmed with me. This, you know, it's a bunch of fake news. Don't believe everything you believe on the internet, or don't believe everything you read on the internet. There you go. And it was just like you said. It, it was an NBA terms a Euro step. It's just like we said with Vish last week. The writing is on the wall. Like, you're not going to be talking about a quarterback in this way if you have your guy. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just don't see... They're going to talk this way because they have no idea what's going to happen. They might trade to two and take Justin Fields. They might trade to four and go get Zach Wilson. They might find a way to trade for Matthew Stafford. They might go get Trey Lance at eight. Like, anything's possible. And I think that they know that. We know that. And I think that they want to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. They do not want him to be the quarterback next year. I think Kyle Shanahan has made that pretty apparent by the way that he moves and the way that he interacts on the sidelines whenever Jimmy throws the football. But if there is not a better option that is achievable, which I think there is, I think that you can totally trade up and get to to two, three, or four and get the quarterback of the future and do that. And I think you do too. Garoppolo will be back next year. And I think that they don't want to rule it out completely, but I think that they are 80% want him out. You know, it's not a 50-50 thing. They want him gone. Yeah, and it's, I think what hurts the situation as far as freeing up his $24 million in cap space is they got screwed with quarterback health this year and quarterback play this year when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't on the field. So it's, I wouldn't, erase a situation that to where they take a guy in the first round even if it comes via trading up for the guy in the first round and holding on to garoppolo because one of that first round pick you took gets hurt week two week three now i'm gonna knock on wood here that that does not happen but as an organization you have to hold that in in the back of your head okay we need a plan at quarterback one and a plan at quarterback two because they cannot go into 2021 and waste another year of a Super Bowl roster. So even if they can get a Matthew Stafford, well, that means Jimmy's gone and they'll select their first pick at quarterback. If they cannot get a starting type of backup or just a quarterback that you need to start you two to three games in the season, if they can't get that and they're stuck with C.J. Beathard, then Jimmy Garoppolo and a rookie is going to be on this team. But if they can go get someone that can start a few games, say even Alex Smith, if Alex Smith's on the market and he's willing to come back to San Francisco, well, you could see Alex Smith and a rookie. Uh, I'm not going to erase the Jimmy Garoppolo narratives gone unless A, they just really need the freaking money to be cleared up, or B, 
they have a veteran that they could get on the market. Yeah, I think that's totally what it is. I I, I think that if I had to be a betting man, real let's real quick let's let's play this John Lynch this is John Lynch quote real quick. This is John Lynch when he's asked a similar question about Jimmy Garoppolo. We've had good discussions, you know, with Jimmy. It's been encouraging to see him back out out on the field. There's a lift when he's out there. It's just it's it's one of the qualities he has that I admire. I think his teammates thrive off his presence, whatever it is. I don't know why, but um, you know, I, I do know why. But uh, um, they do. I mean, that's just kind of that that it factor. He has that, and so that that's been fun to see him out there. I know that you know we plan on visiting him here in the next couple of days. He's working really hard. So now, um, you know, we just plod forward. I think with that, that the way he says that, like, I just don't see personally, I don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back. I think that they're going to find a way to get something done where they can get a better quarterback prospect, someone who better fits what Shanahan wants to do. And I think that Lynch kind of has that feeling as well, but they can't rule it out yet. Like, it's so it's such a bizarre situation because you know he was their guy and he just hasn't lived up to you know that starting quarterback moniker. He's never done what they wanted him to do, and I think that they know it. Most fans know it, and this idea that you know they win when he's there, like they win when he's there, is because he's the starting quarterback versus the backups that they've played otherwise. But they, I just think that this is them telling you in their own way, in their own football way, that they do not want Jimmy Garoppolo back. Yeah, it's unlike the real world. In the real world, you could break off a relationship with zero backup plan. You could do that in the real world. You could just break it off any moment if it's not working. In the NFL, with a quarterback, you can't just break it off with zero backup plan. You can't just say, yeah, we're done with Jimmy. Ruin any type of trade assets you could have got. And basically, if you want to negotiate a trade for Matthew Stafford, you screwed yourself over. Because now they're going to want an arm and a leg for you because you have no backup plan. They know you're stuck. So you can't do that in the NFL. You could see there that there's certain comments that's saying that's not concreting him to the team in 2021 to where John Lynch is saying, hey, like, he is our guy. This is He is going to be the quarterback in 2021. No questions asked. I'm done answering this. He's our guy moving forward. It's, yeah, we expect him. Well, of course they're going to expect him when they don't have a trade offer in concrete and they don't have someone be a draft that's concrete. Kyle Shanahan usually takes a couple weeks off in the season. So he hasn't even looked at anybody that's on the table currently. So yeah, they expect him. Nothing new. Nothing changed. Nothing changed from last week. These comments don't change anything. Kyle Shanahan hasn't looked in Justin Fields. He hasn't looked at Zach Wilson. He hasn't looked at any of these guys yet. And nothing we're going to get from these press conferences is going to tell us anything. So, you know, people keep retweeting it and talking about it. And yeah, it needs to be talked about. You know, there's things that need to be talked about. But at currently, the 49ers don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. And I, I, I hate rephrasing this again, but it's just what it is. You know, they don't know. We don't know. 
But if I had to be a betting man, Jimmy Garoppolo is not back next year. That is my, if I probably bet $100 right now, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo is not back next year. You must make more money than I do because I'm not going to put $100 on the line. I'll, I'll put 5 bucks. How about that? If someone's listening to this uh, to this podcast and Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team next year, hit me with your Venmo at on Twitter at LeoLuna93. If I'm wrong, I'll gladly give you your five bucks. Like I said, you got to step up to the plate now. Come on, Nate. This is all hypothetical. I'm not putting up any money. I don't make that much. I make I make enough, but I don't make enough to be throwing a hundred dollars out in case. But I, I'm I. I, if I if this we were we were actually betting money, I put about a hundred dollars down that that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback of the 49ers. Um, who is? I don't know, but I, I it's not. I just I'm beginning to think it's going to be Justin Fields. Um, I hope so. I like Zach Wilson, and he's pretty much been my favorite quarterback in this class for a long time. But uh, extenuating factors and certain things that I've found out over the last couple weeks makes me think that if Shanahan gets back from his vacation and scouts Justin Fields and falls in love with him, they will trade whatever it takes to go get Justin Fields. Yeah, well, I'm sure he already likes Justin Fields because Fields spent time at that quarterback collective that Shanahan seems to be a part of pretty heavily since he's on the homepage of the website, him and his father. There's a lot of connection with Justin Fields and Kyle Shanahan that if you look it up, as someone who just, you know, is looking for it, it's there. And it's there in a way where if Justin Fields is number one on opening day and starting for this team, I won't be surprised. Um, Because they have the draft capital to trade to go get Justin Fields if that's who they really want. Just like they have the draft capital to trade for Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or any of them, they totally have it this year. It's not like last year where they only had five or six picks you know they're gonna have about nine, maybe more if if, if Salah signs or somewhere, and if, if um, Adam Peters leaves, uh, there's a lot that could potentially happen in this offseason. I think that's um, gonna be the, there's gonna be a lot to talk about. Um, I think it's gonna be a slow week up. It's gonna be a little slow up to the Super Bowl, and I think what we're wanting, we're gonna do at this show is we're gonna try and bring you different guests to give you different opinions every week. So you always have someone new to listen to and hear what they think about you know, what the 49ers are doing in the offseason. And I think um, there's a lot to talk about with these free agents as well. I don't really want to get into that too much. I think I do want to play one more clip before we get to the end of the show. And this is Kyle Yushek, offensive weapon, on his thoughts on if he's going to be a 49er next year. Not totally sure what's uh, ahead for me. I don't want it to be a sense of finality. Honestly, I, it's just been a lot of emotions you know, the past weeks, and even you just asking that has already got me choked up. But um, just a lot that uh, will come into play here. And, you know, Kyle and I continue to have discussions, and he's made it very clear, Kyle, John, everybody, that they want me here, uh, and I want to be here. So, you know, we're, we're going to work towards that. But, you know, free agency is a, is a tricky thing. And, you know, with the cap number being lowered so much, that's, that's going to come into play. So, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see and uh, let some pieces fall in place. And you heard that. And it feels like, you know, at the end of that, he started to get a little emotional. And it's crazy that this team has this culture that guys just want to be a part of. And 
it feels like one thing about Kyle Yushik this year is he was super duper unutilized, but he still wants to be a part of this next year and he gets emotional about not being here, you know? When someone gets that emotional, it tells me that contracts may be off. Uh, I know John Lynch said he's a guy that they'll do everything they can to retain him. That's kind of what you say about a player on Yushik's level or else you get a ton of backlash and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, so the difference with use check to where they could potentially make it work is his contract numbers aren't going to be too off. It's not going to be a difference of 7 million like a Verrett could be if Verrett wants 14 and the 49ers have seven on the table. The difference with use check is probably going to be about three. So they're going to be closer to the number than a usual position like a cornerback, running back, wide receiver, fullback is different. So they're going to be closer to that number. And the fact that he's just so emotional seems like they want him, but it's like, hey, dude, you're going to have to wait to see what happens to make sure that we could afford basically a luxury position. Because a fullback is a luxury position. Left tackle's not. Right tackle's not. Right guard's not. Left guard's not. Center's not fullback is so it's kind of those wait and see games i think that's why use was probably so emotional to where they want to come back and they want to re-up and and ride this wave once again but he's probably understanding that if he wants to stick with the 49ers he may have to turn down a higher offer or an offer that he doesn't even know where the 49ers are because he has to wait for things to play out because they have so many free agents right now. And then they have a quarterback dilemma that they may or may not keep around. So he's going to have to sit and wait to re up with the 49ers. He's not going to be the Trent Williams signing to where that's the priority. He's not the priority. Oh, yeah. The number of priority is Trent Williams. Yeah. So he's not, I wouldn't even say he's the priority over extending Fred Warner. So he's going to have to sit and wait. And I think that's where he gets emotional thinking about it to where he may not be able to afford to sit and wait. And he may know that this is probably the last time that he's played a football game with this group of players that he basically saw the bottom floor with and came up to the penthouse. Yeah. So that's where he gets Yeah, they went from... It's amazing that this team, you know, closing in on, on this 2020 season, you know, they went from being the number two overall pick to going to the Super Bowl, you know, and that's not something a lot of teams get to experience. It's not, a, it's not some, a, a thing a lot of players get to experience, I think. And I feel like the way Shanahan is running his ship and the way that things have have gone is an ideal, but the way that Kyle Shannon runs the ship and the culture they have here, everyone wants to be a part of it. And I think that players are going to tell guys, Hey, you want to be a part of this. And if they bring in Justin Fields next year, you can bet your ass that Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Raheem, Jeff, they're all going to welcome him with, with, you know, with, with, with open arms. And I think that he's going to, they will, they, that will be their guy. They will stand up for him. They will, you know, ride or die for him. You know, just like they do with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. It just comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as good as what they could potentially have. And, you know, 
these guys want to win. They want to be here. Look, I mean, the way that all these guys talk, you know, we only gave you just Kyle because I think that one's the most impactful. But the way that all these guys talked, they want to be part of what they're doing here. This is not a team that people do not want to be a part of. Uh, Absolutely. And I think as a 49er fan, that's something that you should look at and feel great about. It's not basically what Carlos Hyde said about the 49ers during their down years, that it was just terrible. When you have a Pro Bowl player like Kyle Juszczyk, Pro Bowl year in, year out, being so emotional about not being a part of this team, it's because he knows what they have. That's what makes it emotional. It's not it's not happy tears like pre-Shanahan where players are just happy to get out. That's emotional tears that he knows what they have and he just hopes to be a part of it. Yeah, I think he knows. I think he knows what we've been saying all year and that's that this team is a quarterback away. And this offseason, they need to figure that out. And it's going to be a long offseason. There's going to be a lot of talks on Twitter. There's going to be a lot of hot takes. There's going to be a lot of aggregates. There's going to be a lot of... (laughs) There's going to be a lot of that stuff. And I think that they're going to get it done. If I had to give you one hot take, you know, closing out our final show together before we bring on guests for the coming weeks and stuff. Um. They're going to get this done. They're going to get this quarterback room fixed. It's going to be completely new. I don't think anybody's returning. I think CJ's gone. I think Nick, Nick is gone. I think Jimmy's gone. But I think that next year you're going to be much happier with the play of the starting quarterback. And I think that the backup quarterback will be capable of coming in for a few games and, and taking care of things should the worst happen. But I think that this defense will be fine. Yeah. And the defense will be fine. And that's why I'm going to go with my bold take is going to be D'Amico Ryans. He's going to take over as the defensive coordinator. Some people say, hey, that's not that bold. He's kind of next in line. Well, he is also seen as someone that's green, which is fresh, new, may not be ready to be a DC. He's done a great job as a position coach for the past three seasons, but that's only three years of experience at a position coach. And then to jump to coordinator doesn't really happen that often. But with someone that had lack of experience and did well under Shanahan was Robert Sala. So D'Amico Ryans is someone that's played in this league. And I think that's why you could take a, a flyer on him basically before he is ready to become a defensive coordinator in this league. I think that's probably who it'll be. Yeah, I think D'Amico Ryan sounds about right. I think that... that uh... so, you, so you're saying I'm not making much of a bold take. Thank you. No, no. <laughs> it's not really a bold take. Just just say it. Just say Justin Fields is going to be a 49er. Just say it. Um, no. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say they get the third quarterback off the board. They're not going to get the fourth quarterback. They're going to get the third quarterback off the board. Which would be Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Because today, Shanahan said that they're going to be more aggressive at the quarterback position than they were previously. And last year, they figured they had Jimmy Garoppolo after the year he had. They had Mullins, who was still under contract. They had Beathard, who was still under contract. Well, 
Mullins went through Tommy John. That's a tough injury to come back from. C.J. Beathard's an unrestricted free agent. And I think they know Jimmy is not the long-term answer. So, like I said, while they're sitting there at 12, because I doubt they have this amount of crucial injuries, wasn't just about the amount, it's about who was hurt. These were crucial injuries. So, I don't think they're going to sit at number 12 in the near future. They're going to be in the playoffs probably in the for the next five years. They're going to have a good five-year stretch where they make it every single season. And so if you're sitting at 12, you have an opportunity to take either a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson, Kyle Shanahan's going to be aggressive, and he's going to make sure he gets one of those guys because I don't think Trey Lance is ready. Since Trey Lance isn't ready, you're going to be stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. I think it's best for them to get off of that contract and get a a veteran that can give you three games. Not not a Nick Mullins, a veteran that could give you at least three games. Cam Newton? Uh, I'm not a Cam Newton guy. (laughs) I know. I I just wanted to say it. I think it's going to be like a Tyrod, a Fitzy. Yeah, if you could get a Tyrod, Tyrod could give you three games without turning over the football much. Fitzpatrick can. Alex Smith is the ideal. Fitzpatrick can, but if you ask Fitzpatrick to play three games for you, he's going to play those three games solid. It's usually after the fourth game where things go off the rails for Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So he's also an option. It just depends if he wants to be another backup quarterback role or does he still think he can be a starter in this league. It just depends where he's at mentally. Does Miami want to overcompensate him a couple dollars just to keep him there? because they obviously like throwing him in during crucial times over Tua. So there's just a lot on the table. And Kyle Shannon did mention that they were going to be more aggressive this offseason at that quarterback position. And I think that's going to involve the future franchise quarterback of this team, not just aggressive in meaning I'm signing Tyrod Taylor to $8 million. Not that aggressive. That's, that's a... That means you're now tied up to $35 million at the quarterback position when you include Jimmy and Tyrod. That's not what he means by aggressive. And we'll see that. Absolutely. I think if there's any you know closing thoughts is don't be content with them putting out Jimmy Garoppolo again next year. You know, Hope that they fix this. It's time to fix this. Do not just sit at 12 and hope they take a lineman. That's not the answer. That's not how this team becomes what the Seattle Seahawks are right now, where the Seattle Seahawks make the, the playoffs every single year. Whether or not they make the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. The Seahawks have made the playoffs like nine straight years. I think they missed it once in the last 10 years, something like that. And it's because they have an elite quarterback who can make the plays. And if the Niners get a quarterback who can make the plays, and they already have this stacked defense, and they already have Kyle Shanahan, they will make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. So uh, my final thought to everyone listening to this is do not be content at 12. Hope that they trade down. Hope that they find someone who is the real deal. I'm tired of seeing this, oh, we're just going to go get a defensive end or we're just going to go get a cornerback. No. There is a specific problem on this team that needs to be fixed, and it's quarterback. And if they don't fix it, 
it, whether or not they're injured next year, this team's not going back to the Super Bowl. Leo, if they want to find your stuff, how can they do it? So you could go ahead and find me on Twitter at LeoLuna93, as well as I still have my YouTube up, which is Tapped in Sports. Just plug that into YouTube, and you can find all of my work there as well. All right, and you can check me at, at NinerNate49. Talk a lot of 49ers, talk a lot of quarterback. And here we go. This is the most important offseason in the history of the San Francisco 49ers within the last 10 years, probably. Real quick. Shout out KP. That if you know Shout out KP. If you know, you know. Shout out KP. Yeah. We got your back. Don't want you to worry about that, KP. Uh, this has been the Niners Nation Podcast. We will see you next week. Bringing on some guests. We're going to talk a lot of offseason. It's going to be a blast. And hopefully, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields are 49ers by the end of April. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Come on.